the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Call them today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200 for Henry Oil. It's not your imagination. It is getting colder. Call Henry Oil today. Since 1947, or Rhode Island success story, you can depend on Henry Oil. 401-521-0200. Set up a service contract. Budget plans, lock and cap pricing. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Call them today at 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200, or online at henryoil.com. Listen, it's going to get colder. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Well, good morning. It's John DePietro on this Monday. Folks, we have made it. My goodness. Who would believe today is Monday, September 21st. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. They have everything you need for fall uh, straw and and uh, gourds and beautiful fall arrangements. Stop it and see them. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're located right off of Route 4. They have a great Facebook page, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. And then you can also uh, go to their website, prmaterials.shop, prmaterials.shop. They've had a great season. Stop off and see them, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Rhode Island's number one Garden Center. Well, folks, all this talk about Justice Ginsburg and President Trump moving the Republicans for a nomination, uh, th- this is very simple. They should move ahead with it. Uh, the The fact that this was a gamble, the fact that the – all right, um, actually, right now, folks, uh, joining us on the program, she has a tremendous new book out. And uh, the book is a must-read, Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. It's Judge – Janine Piero, Judge, good morning. Congratulations on the new book. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be with you this morning. And I must tell you, there's no bigger news day, you know, than a day when President Trump is the president of this country. Because every news day. Judge, if you could uh, just touch on, Judge, what is your thought about, um, Judge Janine, whether or not the, uh, the Ginsburg slot in the Supreme Court, whether or not, when do you think that should be filled? Oh, I think it should be filled now. There's nothing in the Constitution. Uh, hold on a second. Um... Folks, we're speaking with uh, Judge Janine Piero. Go right ahead, Judge. Yeah. Okay, there's nothing in the Constitution that says the president stops being the president uh, if, an, if a possible nomination comes up for the Supreme Court because the other side doesn't want him to be able to nominate someone to the Supreme Court. It's ridiculous. In the end, what we have is a uh, president willing to nominate, 
a, a, a Senate uh, Mitch McConnell who's willing to take a vote on it, and that's all he needs. I mean, these new rules and these lies by the Democrats, that, oh, he has to wait for the next president. No, he doesn't. He absolutely does not. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said the president doesn't stop being president as long as he's president. So uh, this is an example of what I talk about and don't lie to me. The left lying to you about how it's not fair for him to do it and how, you know, they've got it. The American people should be involved in the election. No, the American people elect the president. And then the president nominates a candidate for the Supreme Court and the Senate confirms. Uh, and now what you've got is the left continuing in their threats saying, we'll consider impeachment, we'll consider impeaching Bill Barr in addition to the president. So they, they lie as if the president is doing something wrong. And it was Obama himself who said elections have consequences. And, you know, the, 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 uh, the Democrats are the ones who, say, who got rid of the uh, filibuster for the Supreme Court. So go for it. This is the time. Folks, we're speaking with Judge Jeanine Piero, her new book, Don't Lie to Me, Stop Trying to Steal Our our Freedom. Judge, I love how right away in Chapter 2, you write about a man for this season. You have uh, been such a strong supporter of our president. Well, you know, I've known the president for 30, more than 30 years. My then-husband represented him, uh, and I've seen how he works, and I I have seen how he works, and I've seen exactly uh you know what his moral core is and he is a he is a a man of great integrity and a man who really believes in america the american dream and fighting for the american people so my position uh, as it relates to donald trump is very clear uh what we're trying to do is identify what the lies are and to put truth to the lies that the left has been spewing since he came down that escalator in Trump Tower. And, you know, this time, this is the third of three books, books, a trilogy. First was Liars, Leakers, and Liberals about the Russia collusion delusion. The second was Radicals, Resistance, and Revenge about how the radicals are resisting him at every turn out of revenge for Hillary losing. And now they're lying to us and trying to steal our freedom trying to lock us down in our homes, in the basement, open the borders, uh, defund the police, and then take away our guns. I mean, the whole thing is backwards. I don't understand it. But what America needs to understand is that there are rights, and the constitutional rights that we have are in grave jeopardy because they don't believe in them. They believe in uh, socialism, and they don't believe in law and order. And without that, we don't have a system. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with Judge Janine. Judge, I, uh, I'm when I was going through your book, Chapter Eight, Escape from New York. I mean, you're a New Yorker. Tell us what it's like, though, being in New York and New York City these days. Well, you know, when I go into New York City, uh, it is it's like a ghost town. Everything is boarded up. Uh, you know, you've got everything from a small shop or a small restaurant, bodegas the bigger stores that have been hit not just by the pandemic, but the double whammy of the so-called peaceful protests that are nothing more than an attempt to uh, shut down the economy, convince people that they, they should be afraid of everything so that they can then be controlled. I mean, we've got a mayor and a governor who believe that, number one, 
The police should be defunded. And the mayor's wife even says New York would be Nirvana without the police. I mean, how stupid is that? And then now crime is starting to go through the roof again. We're going to start mimicking the 1980s. And, you know, people are afraid. People in the inner cities are afraid. And, you know, gun purchases are through the roof now. Body armor purchases in New York City are up 80%. People recognize the dangers. People are walking around. I, in addition to my show, Justice, on Saturday night, um, I have a radio show on Sunday mornings. I go into the city, and I saw a guy drinking out of a paper bag. He was wearing a hoodie. He had no pants on. Uh. I mean, it's like nobody, I mean, it's disgusting. It's like a third world country, and New York was a citadel. It was the, the head of, I mean, talk about culture, finance. Uh, you know, shopping, everything in New York. I mean, even this stock market, the stock exchange, I should say, that Wall Street is moving to Greenwich and Atlanta. This is lunacy. And this is what the left wants. They don't believe in capitalism. They lie to us every day about how bad it is and how good they are. Well, in my book, I have footnotes all over the place. If you have, if you need to complain or if you're in an argument with someone, I was on Law Review, you can just check out all those footnotes and for facts behind uh, uh, what I say in the book. Folks, we're speaking with Judge Jeanine Piero. Don't lie to me and stop trying to steal our freedom. And Judge, I love where you write in Chapter 4, Fake News Goes Viral. <laughs> yeah, you know, fake news has gone viral from the get-go. I mean, you know, when you can't fight on the facts, you make up facts, and that's what they're doing. That's what they've been doing from day one with, uh, you know, that, that the president is, is involved with Putin. He's a, Russian, uh, uh, he's a Russian agent, and then they lied, and no one talked about the fact that, you know, James Comey and the bang and that, uh, the gang and the cabal in the FBI and in the uh, Department of Justice we're pulling the wool over a FISA court judge's eyes, unless the FISA court judge was complicit, I don't know, uh, in trying to get the, uh, um, you know, the, the opportunity, which they did get from this judge, to spy repeatedly on the, the campaign of the president of the United States. And they used an innocent American, Carter Page, as the vehicle through which they would view the, the campaign of the president. This is what they do in third world countries not in the United States, and still no one has gone to jail. Still, you know, we, I could talk about Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation, which hasn't had, you know, a, a, a real review by any prosecutor because they kept protecting her. They, the Democrats protect themselves. The Republicans are not as good at it as the Democrats are. And you know what? All we want to do is follow the rules, pay our taxes, and be able to uh, send our kids to school, and, and they just want us locked down and afraid. Folks, Judge Jeanine Piero, don't lie to me and stop trying to steal our freedom on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, MEGA Professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part time, full time, maybe weekend work. 
You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Saving, whether it's residential, commercial, seal coating, or patios, J. Perry Paving. They'll always provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, general masonry projects. Folks, this is the perfect time to have it done. Call J. Perry Paving today. They offer free estimates for any project. Their work is just fantastic. Look for them online. It's jperrypaving.com or call them 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Visit their website, jperrypaving.com and also look for them on Facebook, J. Perry Paving. Find out about the benefits of asphalt. J. Perry Paving, 732-1730. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com, brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, joining me right now, it's time for our segment, Politics This Week. He is uh, managing editor, OceanStateCard.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off, I did attend the uh, protest. So you have a bunch of aggressives Justice uh, Ginsburg just passed away on Friday. And on Sunday, you know, they, on short notice, developed a pretty good crowd. I'd say, you know, 250, 300, somewhere in there. But it was a sunny uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon in Providence. And you have uh, lead progressive, Aaron Rugenberg, who was lieutenant, uh, excuse me, was a um, uh, state's, state senator or representative, I don't remember now, and then ran for lieutenant, lieutenant governor and lost and then was working for Mayor Alorza. But he basically put together this uh, this rally, and then they went and marched in front of Senator Sheldon Whitehouse's office. And then I, I didn't even know that Senator Jack Reed has a Providence office. I know his main office is in Cranston. But basically screaming like that they need to do anything they can, can to derail uh, of any future nomination, the seat should not be filled and freeze the Senate and shut down the Senate. And we need to wake them up. And uh, I want to just get your thoughts on, <clears throat> you know, neither uh, Reed or White House would um, would be fall under the umbrella of being a progressive. You could certainly say liberal, but not progressive. 
But I, I think it's interesting. I don't think they would have done something like that with, say, like a Senator Ed Markey. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on these progressive protests they had yesterday. Well, the, the first thing is the they, they do have a you have to give them points for theater. I mean, as you said, they, they pulled it together together pretty quickly uh, and had a fair number of people there. I mean, they even had, according to your cover, as I saw in your coverage, they even had a giant gavel. I don't even I, yeah. where do they store these things. They, yeah. must, they must have a giant warehouse somewhere where they keep all the props for all political eventualities that might happen. Uh, so it is. I mean, it, there are indications that this is not just people flowing out from their homes in, in anxiety, but are, in fact, activists. In fact, um, ABC6, one of the people they interviewed was a woman named Deborah Lennon from uh, from Newport, I believe, uh, saying this is the last straw. But if you if you're just curious who these people are and you look her up, you'll find a February 27, February 2017 um article in a province journal where she's at a town hall with these same with a congressional delegation saying you've got to shut this down and not let them confirm any judges uh, so a lot of this is the same message we've been hearing uh, there's a lot of talk about it being a last straw but they these same people were saying the same thing uh, within a month of the president being inaugurated so the message i'm not too i'm not sure is is I mean, you say the same thing for four years, it stops resonating quite so much. And I think they're also facing the issue of, um, you know, word, language like this is the last straw. Well, I mean, after what? I mean, after Harry Reid, the Senate majority leader, the Democrats majority leader, essentially blew up the filibuster when he was in power. Then you've got years of a an impeachment and uh, the ridiculous, uh, really offensive Kavanaugh hearings and a debacle that Senator Whitehouse uh, made himself a big part of and now they're going to come forward and say now we've, this is it this is the last straw you've got to shut it down uh, what have you been doing I mean there are, there are riots in the street across the country trying to shut things down it's so I think they may the the protesters and the democrats themselves may be may find themselves coming up against the consequence of four years of this and more of this kind of outraged behavior. Um, and I, I don't know that they're going to get quite the traction. You might even see some of the squishier Republicans acknowledging that once Democrats get back in power, all of these concerns about process go out the window. I think that's an excellent point. And also, uh, you know, look at the landscape. Reed is up for re-election right now. There was certainly... You know, no heaping of praise on the two of them. Um, then, the, you know, uh, Regenberg is definitely even he was then even suggesting, you know, they should just start reading thousands of pages. Listen, anyone that follows the career of the two of them, they're not going to do anything outrageous. They're not going to lay down the middle of the floor and just try to call a halt to the whole thing. But it um, but I agree with you. It, it seems to be the same crowd. And this is it. And this is, you know, it's like the uh, exasperated parent. This is your final warning, and then you're grounded, like that type of thing. Um, and then the marching outside the office. I mean, no, no nominee has even been announced. Um, you know, Justice Ginsburg is not even in the ground yet. I, I thought, I, I, I get the sense that um, if you're in the White House and Reed camp, I, I don't know how much you appreciate the progressives already marching outside your office and making demands on a Sunday of all days. Right. And so quickly, not even giving them time to craft a uh, yeah. craft a kind of a, a, 
sense of of remorse at her at her passing and then suddenly we're into this i think the this i think we're seeing a lot of uh, you know the, the progressives right now especially in rhode island after a pretty successful primary are, are kind of feeling their oats uh and history shows that when the revolutionary people start to feel their oats it gets dangerous for the moderates uh and you're never progressive enough once it once progressive starts progressing uh so i i, I think the our senators have some some cause for for concern that the progressives are pushing everybody to overplay their hand. Uh, and, you know, the more there are these kind of rallies, you know, Demo Regenberg saying Republicans have zero legitimacy for, for conducting government uh, at the federal level. Once these starts, this becomes the theme of the progressives on the left, to the extent that the Democrats in the Senate start to move that direction, I think they, they create more space for the Republicans to draw in some of the moderates they're going to need to, to get a vote through uh, and, and to actually appoint somebody before the election. In what else, and again, folks, our segment is Politics This Week with me is Justin Katz, uh, um, managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. Justin, on top of that, I mean, you, you also made, made a good point. We haven't even heard anything from Rita Whitehouse, and nor would it you know, necessarily be uh, appropriate. I think this is, yesterday was an example and 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 Regenberg is definitely, you know, kind of the leader of that, of the non-negotiable demand. They don't care that it just happened. They don't care that we haven't even heard from Reed and Whitehouse. It's not even a matter as if, you know, they've already had the funeral, then we know who the nominee is. I, I just get the sense that <clears throat> that this is another example that that they feel they need to put the pressure on Senators Reed and Whitehouse. After in um in the winter and in the spring of twenty seventeen. You know, this group that formed, I think it was called like Act Pink or something like that. You know, every single week they would show up at the offices of both the two of them, White House and Reed, and demand a meeting. And what are you going to do about this? And you're supposed to block every uh, person that he's going to put up to be, you know, for all his nominations of the cabinets. And um, we're just seeing more of that. That's what I got the sense of of yesterday. And I think you're right. I think some of this is coming out of the uh, them feeling very good about themselves with how they did in the with the progressives in the primary. I think so. I, among the organizers, and at the same time, they're they're seeing a lot of opportunity to capitalize on on aggression. I know. I know you posted uh, that, that in, in, inadvertently uh, humorous video of the woman in her car screaming yes. about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's <clears throat> death. You, know, you couldn't hold on till twenty twenty one. But so I think the progressives not only are feeling their their oats as organizers but they're recognizing that there's a they have people out there who are really just so emotionally invested in all this and they, they want to capitalize on it make sure they organize them get them to get them to as many rallies as possible marching in the street give them get them get their phone numbers and emails um so i, th I think there's there's just a lot of that it's a lot of a lot of events uh and i think also it, it contrasts interestingly with with what we're seeing with uh, the, the continually successful pro-Trump rallies even in Rhode Island whether it's a flotilla or or a car parade which you know you've you've got really two different impressions here's this anger shut it down no legitimacy giant gavel we're gonna march and anger and, and all this and then on the other side is you know just flags and fun and, and optimism. Yes. Uh, I think that it creates an interesting contrast. It really does. That's an excellent point as well. And, and one other point about Justice Ginsburg, Justin, I mean, to me, they, they, they must be so upset. That woman crying, why couldn't you hold on? You're talking about an 87-year-old woman who was 
battling cancer, who was very sick. When you think about it, I mean, she had a perfect opportunity when President Obama was in office. She could have stepped down. Uh, President Obama could have uh, filled her seat at the time um, or at least, you know, made an attempt to in some way. But she wanted to hold on and thought this is an example to me. They thought Hillary was going to win. And then there would be, you know, Ginsburg and then Clinton. And there's the first female president. And it, it just didn't work out that way. And now, like this whole business of hold on till till, tw- you know, this this attitude is if, you know, we own the seat and everything else. I, I don't blame the Republicans are going to move ahead on this. But I'm anxious to see how Senator Reid and White House you, normally this would be the time. Senator Reid is up for reelection in November. You you'd think instead of rallying to his defense, instead, he's kind of going to be put on the, the spotlight and kind of on the you know, grilled and on the burner a little bit to like, what are you doing to block this as if, you know, let's face it, neither one of them have any power to stop anything here. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back a lot more. Our segment is politics this week right here on the John DePietro show. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508-336-2110-508. 336-2110 from MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, F-H-W-A inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting, maybe it's time, repair that roof. Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle, flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure, whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call R&R Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business. Call R&R Roofing today. Call for a free free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List award winner over five years in a row. Now, I've met with Richard Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. 
call for a free estimate, and all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done, maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call, at least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate, 401-823-1330, 401-823-1330 for R&R Roofing. You can also check out their website. It's R and R roofing ri.com call them 823-1330 it's r&r roofing our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor oceanstatecurrent.com justin any follow uh, final thought on this whole business of the protesters and reed and white house and the death of justice ginsburg well, I think you you pointed to a, a really critical uh, consideration here. A lot of what the, especially at the national level and, and in particular in the Senate, uh, a lot of what the Democrats have done, and I mentioned earlier, Harry Reid kind of eliminated a filibuster in most cases uh, for judicial appointments. They, often it seems they don't ever consider the possibility that they're going to lose. Uh, so they, they take the gamble on, if we just wait, if we yes. just wait, you know, if, if, if they had predicted what was going to happen electorally, I, I can almost guarantee Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have retired seven years ago, you know, uh, at the age of 80, nobody would have blamed her for that. And President Obama could have put in a 40 year old far left progressive on a judiciary who would be there for 40 years. Um, but they didn't, they constantly think they're going to, to make more gains. And at some point that might come true, but even in this case, I mean, right now, if you think about it, the Republicans, they do have a, a relatively narrow lead. So they can't, uh, appoint somebody who's, who's just so conservative that those, those, those moderate Republicans have to, have to, um, bow out but instead you know if we could have a landslide election in the other direction you know it's still the future we just don't know and so that could be another example is if if they hold off on appointing then it, you could wind up with a more conservative uh senate and that would create even more room for what the progressives do not want um so i i think that's uh that's a consideration we don't we don't see a lot on the the democrat side at the national and i think that has a lot to do with this same dynamic we're talking about the, the progressives constantly pulling them to the left uh the, the cultural there i mean they're culturally they they're definitely surging you know we, we spend years talking about their issues whether it's same-sex marriage or transgenders stuff or uh um you know the black lives matter stuff so that really is this the story and I, I think it creates a sense of inevitability that probably is causing some bad strategic decisions on the left I I agree with that. I I think this could actually end up being a good thing for the Trump Trump uh, reelection campaign because it changes the dynamic, and it also makes people realize you may not like some of the tweeting, you may not like him, but there's something much larger at stake here, and that is the future of the Supreme Court, which is really the future of the of the country. And uh, he puts forth the nominee. The election, in some way, almost becomes about the nominee and whether or not, if it is that you know they're talking about that uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Conan Barrett that um I mean this is someone very accomplished seven children she's brilliant let let the battle be over that and then there's also that the um the justice out of Florida that might also consider her we'll see who the president puts forward but I think at this point if you're team Trump you need something to change the dynamic of the election and and interesting enough I think it becomes less about Biden and more about it's the now the battle over the Supreme Court I don't you and I talk local politics I just get the sense there are people 
really voting for Biden. They're really voting against Trump is what this election has become. But I want to just switch gears. We did see um, Providence College had a bad COVID outbreak, and it has to do with kids off campus. And this has actually happened, I mean, whether it's Notre Dame or a Northeastern, it's happened to a lot of colleges and even down south. But one thing that jumped out at me was uh, this element of they were introducing that the the Providence police were even going to be monitoring some of the students uh, off campus, uh, Justin Katz. And what what stuck out of me is, you know, th- this was announced the same day that someone was was brutally stabbed and killed inside Providence Place Wall. Uh, Mayor Lorza, you know, never really defends the police. He's let a lot go this summer. And suddenly now, you know, all the protesters and all this other stuff, never a negative word. Protesters all summer fighting with police. And then suddenly we're going to use law enforcement to on a bunch of college kids, you know, from most of them from out of state coming into PC. Again, people are not dropping like flies dying at PC. All we know is that people are testing positive. But what is your thought that of all circumstances, suddenly now they're going to use law enforcement? Well, I, I think that's in, unfortunately, it's in keeping with what I'm, what I'm, the impression I'm getting of, of the Providence College situation. I mean, it's a 124 off, off-campus students. From what I understand, it was a very large party off-campus, and that that's what produced this uh, spate of, of testing positive. And even on campus, there were, at first, the initial commentary, the initial restrictions, from what I've understood, is, uh, you know, complete lockdown. Everybody stay in your dorm room. You can, we'll, we'll maybe let you out for a little bit at a time to get some fresh air, and you'll be chaperoned. That's, that's all um, been relaxed. But what's what's notable in these the communications from the college itself is a very strong emphasis on the fact that they are working with the state, uh, that with government officials, and also including the mention that these state officials have the authority to shut down the college uh, for the whole semester. So there's a very strong hand of the government in this. And that, that's, I think, something somewhat unique to Rhode Island. As you say, other colleges are having these issues. Um, Colorado was one a, a so acquaintance of mine was talking about his kids in, out in Colorado having similar issues with outbreaks. And yet, you know, not a, it's all testing positive. So there's, there's not even any mention of symptoms, let alone bad symptoms and let alone deaths. Uh, so it's a very tricky situation. I think we're seeing Rhode Island handling very poorly. And if, if they're bringing in police officers to focus on locking down young adults at college. And if, I mean, if they're off campus, they're likely, you know, more closer to the upperclassmen. So some of these old enough to drink in their twenties that used to be considered an adult. So if we're sending in police to a neighborhood to, to lock them down, keep them restricted uh, while throughout the city, we're having shootings and stabbings and so on. I, I think you've, you've really got to start to question the, uh, question the priorities of government officials. And it makes me think of at the end of the last semester when there was all this outrage about a party at Providence College off campus uh, and people calling the kids racist <clears throat> for, right. for doing this. Yeah. I mean, what, what's more racist? College kids having trying to have fun in their last semester in college or uh, the, the state and local government authorities spending all their time making sure that relatively privileged kids don't get the sniffles while throughout the city violence is escalating. It's, it's kind of a, a really a, a cognitive dissonance. It really just makes no sense. You know what else, Justin, is, again, just if you look at Providence College, uh, we haven't heard about, you know, certainly no deaths, 
No one even in the hospital, uh, no one in the emergency room. Basically, are they showing any symptoms in any way? Nothing like that. I also want to blame the media Go with the headline, 124 test positive. And as a result of that, what? Are they showing any symptoms? Is there anybody being rushed to the hospital? Certainly, is there anyone on a ventilator or anything like that? But when they talk about police and locking them down, as you know, the past few months, the two communities that continually have had a problem and, and at different times been way above everyone else, have been Central Falls and, and Providence, especially Central Falls. Justin Katz said, not one time was there ever any talk of maybe we need to get the police involved, that we need to lock down that community and we're going to really enforce this. No, why? Well, we don't want to target anybody. And how would that look? And obviously, as we know, the ethnic uh, makeup of Central Falls, we're going to do that. I, I really think, Justin, it's becoming more clear of this. It's really reverse discrimination. The PC kids who are primarily white, a lot of them from out of town, it's, it seems perfectly acceptable to the Alorses and the Cat Corwins of the world. For them, you make an example of them, you give them a hard time, you call them a racist, you lock them down, you threaten them. But boy, it's you step back and just throw up your hands whenever it's, it's someone such as a big part of the, the Latino community in both Providence and Central Falls. Well, I think that that points to the sort of an implicit racism of the the narrative that that, that they run with. I mean, the the in Central Falls and then the minority neighborhoods in Providence, they are they have to be the victims of any narrative. That's right. just how the how it's constructed. And so you don't go lock down the victims; you parade them forward and blame somebody else, like those evil kids at Providence College who won't stop partying. That's why Central Falls has an outbreak. So you really—it's a lot easier to crack down on the uh, on the people who are the the bad guys in the narrative. And I mean, this is—I mean, it's it, you, you see this throughout history, right? I mean, anytime a group is is decided to be the, the villains, you they end up bearing a brunt of law enforcement. And I think the, these narratives are, are kind of getting out of control for, for the mainstream. And I, I agree with you, the, the, the news media with this constant, this many positive cases, that many is a daily count of how many positive cases. Well, what does that even mean? Right. I mean, nobody's, I haven't seen anywhere any kind of uh, parallel. Here's what, here's the number of flu cases you see in a typical fall semester at Providence College. I don't know what that might be, but we, do, we don't even know because we don't test everybody like this. And I think that's part of the, part of the maturity we're, we're lacking as a society. I mean, if we're, gonna, if we're going to go and test everybody, whether they have symptoms or not, which is what these colleges are doing, then you have to have a, a, an awareness of what that means. Okay, you tested positive. That doesn't mean the world is ending and we don't go into a panic. So I, I think at some some cases, we're better off just not not doing these tests anymore. I mean, if we're not just doing it to trace it and, and handle everything calmly, if we're still going to freak out, I think we're, we're really doing ourselves a lot of harm. And I know that's true for, for students in these colleges where they're being deprived of not only not only the educational, I mean, not only the the social experience of going to college, but also the educational one. They're, they're being much kind of cheated out of a lot of what they should be getting out of college. You know, President Trump, he has <clears throat> repeatedly said that because they'll say, you know, how do you explain there's so many more cases then? And then they name some small country, meaning a reporter will do that. And the president will say, well, number one, we're a much larger country. Number two, we're testing more. The more you test, the more you're going to find people that that have it. But the whole key, especially at, at Providence College, some of these other colleges is, again, it's not like the hospitals are overwhelmed. Back in the spring before we knew what we know now, there was this feeling of, oh, my God, you're going to have people dropping dead on the campus. And that's why everyone was sent home. And 
the emergency rooms are going to be overfilled and the hospitals overflowing and these college kids and the infirmary on the campus. And, and now we know that that's simply not the case. Folks, quick break. Uh, another segment on uh, politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation second to none whether you're in rhode island or massachusetts call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available for both residential and commercial call my friends at jkl 401-351-7600 remember estimates are free financing is available let's be nice and comfortable in your home jkl 401-351-7600 have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's my health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. And it's my health. At 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking, and it's so healthy for you and your family. Plus, hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 
1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in, swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is the managing editor for OceanStateCurrent.com, Justin Katz. Justin, what's your reaction on hearing the governor, House Speaker Nick Mattiello, and Senate President Ruggiero all agreeing there will be no budget until after the election? Well, um, I, on my Friday Last Impression show on Facebook and OceanStateCurrent.com, I did a kind of a parody suggesting uh, Nellie Gorbia is going to uh, extend the when you can vote so that people can vote based on what they actually do, uh, reg- legislators. Uh, it's it's really a, a travesty that they haven't, they're just moving important decisions until after the election. Obviously, they're just really praying for a federal bailout, which makes me th- want to remind everybody the, the idea of the United States, United States, is that we're a federation of of states that are supposed to be able to govern themselves. And we've really just thrown that to the wind. Whoever has the biggest pot of money, which is the federal government, that's who ultimately governs and nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. And I think this is being reflected. Uh, also last week, we got new unemployment numbers and Rhode Island went up, well, up, up one and a half percent, which is, which is big. I mean, normally in a normal economy, you're watching it go up and down by one tenth of a percent. Um, while the, the country improved, they went up even more than that. So Rhode Island has fallen behind. We're now the, the second worst unemployment in the country. And this is after opening up, after some of the loosening of the rules and after some of the unemployment boost for COVID decreased uh, in the middle of the summer, we saw our unemployment go up. And I think a lot of it has to do with this uh, just sense that our state government is not running things. It's really, we're just, they're treading water. I mean, from what I'm hearing, uh, Governor Raimondo is is deliberately sitting on uh, aid money that's supposed to help the economy go forward in the hedging her bets that the federal government will not do a bailout and then they can somehow use this money meant for stimulus as a fe- to, to fill in their budget. So the, the calculations here are really, really not, Good. I've, the uh, the General Assembly has pre- done pretty much nothing since spring of 2019. It's hard to argue that people who do that deserve re-election, um, and I think that's what they're they're counting on people just letting it slide and not having to blame them for and making any painful decisions. You know, you're right, and it's it's almost like someone at the casino that now they're they're along for the ride. As far as the governor, it, it, I would think even trying to hope that that uh, Joe Biden gets elected and then somehow the president will step in and help them with this problem. But Justin, here we are. It is uh, September, and going way back into the spring, not one state worker has been laid off, furloughed. There was a lot of money that could have been saved, and um, and now no city. All of think of all the. I also see sometimes on Twitter where a, a member of the media will be saying, I won't be covering, you know, the governor's press briefing this week because I'm on furlough. And yet none of the state workers, no one haven't skipped a beat all summer long. All those Now, no one has had to in any way been impacted by this. And now um, it's all just sitting there. I also want to get your thought on uh, everyone who's been uh, complaining. They received these mail ballot uh, applications in the mail. No one asked them. Uh, so many people are posting that either their parents that have passed away receiving them 
former people that lived in that home where they live now are receiving them. This is just Gorbia just flooded the state with all these mail ballot applications. And it's it's potentially a, a real problem. I mean, not only I mean, not only with the potential for fraud. Um, yeah, as you say, so all you have to do is go on social media and find people. Hey, my child who's who's been out of the state for nine years received a mail ballot application to vote in Rhode Island. I mean, that's just really opening up the way for for people to cheat. But it it also creates confusion for people who want to do the right thing. I know I I spoke with one elderly gentleman who who received this application and was of the mind that he should just send it in and get the ballot. And if he wanted to vote in person, he could do that. But then you, you know, you hear from others that if you try to do that, you're going to have to cast a provisional ballot and then go to town hall with your, your mail ballot to turn it in and then hope that they log it correctly that you're, so that your provisional ballot counts. So there's a lot of going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of, a lot of just a mess. And it's, it's really makes you wonder why the, why the our state officials would want to, impose this on the people and not just have a have an election i mean if if you can have a large crowd doing a largely meaningless rally with a giant gavel complaining uh, urging our senators to uh to stop the senate and not confirm a judge if you can have that rally if you can have those kinds of rallies pretty regularly over the summer we can all go vote in person. And I think it'd be a lot cleaner, a lot easier, impose some of the rules, get some plexiglass instead of sending out all these mail ballots, invest in some plexiglass so people feel a little more comfortable if that's what you have to do. But I think that would have been a much better approach. Um, there's a very anticipated, uh, closely watched race, and that is Barbara Ann Fenton against Speaker Mindic Mattiello. I'd like to just get your thought on, I, I think she's, I'll share my, I think she's running a good race because what I'd like about it is she is just taking focus. Basically, she has one issue, and it's not the car tax. It's not all these different things. Seemingly, it's one thing. He's a crook. The theme has the same thing, the, the Mattiello outlaw gang. Uh, they've come up with these videos. He keeps reacting to the videos that she's putting out. He was absent during the whole COVID thing. I think for a first time around, uh, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung, I, I, I'd like to hear your thought. I think she's so far, she is right on message and seems to have him on his heels. I, well, I think she's doing a great job in, in a lot of the materials she's putting out. And, and let's remember, I mean, her, her husband's been mayor for quite a while, so yeah. it's not in Cranston. So it's not it's not as if, you know, they're they're off off the shelf somewhere and never, never been seen before. But I think that that game, I mean, let's let's be honest, they've, they've got a very compelling case to make. I mean, you don't have to dig very deeply to come up with the idea of a, a postcard with pictures of all the Mattiello associates who've been jammed up with the law in one way or another. Uh, so, I mean, that's, they, they've got a very strong case. I do wonder if the, uh, if some of this progressive resurgence though, isn't going to, going to help Mattiello in some ways. I mean, no, uh, former state representative, Republican state representative, Bobby Nardalillo actually re, re re-upped the claim that Mattiello is a firewall against the progressives. I think that may may help to some extent. Um, but I, I think a lot of the, the materials uh, Barbara Ann Fenton Fung is putting out are, are on point. I do wonder, I noticed she, the Gatsby Project has a, a list of um, legislative candidates who have pledged not to increase taxes. Uh, and surprisingly, as a Republican, she has not taken that pledge. So I wonder if that that sort of thing beyond the, you know, make it about Mattiello and his negatives, that may create some issue for her if she's not seen as herself a potential firewall. And 
on for against the progressives and there's been you know sometimes she's made in the past year i think she's made comments about um in inter-republican uh intra-republican battles you know supportive of, of firefighters and labor unions there may be to the extent that there's a, a weak point i think that's that's where it may come from just the sense that maybe she's not quite as conservative as we want her to be Folks, he is the managing editor of OceanStateCurrent.com. He's Justin Katz. Uh, Justin, great job. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. Always a pleasure, John. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer. And just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer Excuse me, within five minutes. And then, I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make uh, microwave popcorn. And then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor and He'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096.